Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Elizabeth, sometimes there are conventional things or traditional things that have, we've been around so long that we think that they become a rule or a regulation. And so we set up in our minds these a whole list of things that are appropriate and inappropriate. And to us, they become sin or or righteousness, whereas mm-hmm. really there's no biblical authority for this. We take the principle of honoring God's house and we say, all right, that therefore there's a rule. No one can wear a hat in, yes. in God's house. Yes, and I have seen the most ridiculous uh, of those traditions, and I believe in traditions very much, as yes. we talked previously, when they become means to in, uh, understanding God better. Right. But when we make principles out of preferences, yeah. you know, and actually the Bible has a few principles, mm-hmm. but most of what people talk about as principles, they're preferences. Preferences, yes. The way you're supposed to dress, the type of music you can have, et cetera, et cetera. All of those are preferences rather than principles, and, and really the Bible doesn't address them as such. The Bible talks about uh, about honoring our God, mm-hmm. but that varies from culture to culture is exactly how that looks. Yeah, sometimes I, I tell people that are you know don't like a particular style of music or whatever, it's like, if you really want to go back to the Bible, we're going to be in trouble because yes. this people worship in a way that we are not used to in our culture, at least here in, in the West. No, that's right. In you fact, know? as I travel the world, I find people who, who worship in a variety of styles, some mm-hmm. of which would make people in the West feel very, yeah. very uncomfortable. And yet it is something that I think in, in their hearts is honoring God. And so for us to make a preference, a principle, is mm-hmm. simply to move beyond the biblical authority. Yes. And one of the saddest things about this uh, so-called principles in quotations is mm-hmm. the fact that sometimes we miss the meaning of what the thing was about Mm -hmm. and we worship the thing versus uh, what it was supposed to point us to. Mm. I mean, this happened to Israel so many times. Perhaps you remember the story of the bronze snake mm-hmm. uh, back in the desert that became a you know a, a type of Christ and how when they were being bitten by snakes, they had to look at it and they would be saved, right? Right. But eventually they started worshiping yeah, that's the, the bronze snake. snake yeah. And then they had to destroy it because mm-hmm. it became, you know, their idol. And this has happened in so many circles with religious traditions, you know. Yeah, there are traditions that we tend to worship and uh, practices that we tend to worship. We make them sacred because we've done them so long that now they've become important to us. And we find such a thing going on here in uh, Mark's Gospel, the second chapter, starting with verse 23. And there is a question here about a, a day that was very, very sacred, and I think still is sacred, and that is the Sabbath, and how to behave on that day, what you could and could not do. We find it verse 23, and it came about that he, speaking of Jesus, was passing through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples began to make their way along while picking the heads of grain. And the Pharisees were saying to him, see here, why are you they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Okay, now this is very interesting. First of all, the Sabbath was a day that God had um, given Israel 
back in Exodus 16, when he started training them about who he was and who they were in him. Mm -hmm. He would provide for them the manna, and they were supposed to gather twice on Friday and, you know, mm -hmm. rest Twice as that. much on Friday, they, yes. and it would, it would hold over. If they gathered that much on any other day, it would turn rotten. So, mm -hmm. he was training them that this is the day of rest I will provide for you. That I will provide for you. And then we have the Ten Commandments, and then we, we have a developmental understanding of this day until we get to Jesus, and we understand that this is a day of rest in which we celebrate our rest in Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Mark and Matthew and all the gospel writers that are writing to Jews, they have to try to explain to them what is the Sabbath now that the Christ is here, which is which has developed into a deeper understanding than simply, okay, he's mm -hmm. going to provide the manna in Exodus 16. Mm -hmm. And so, here we have, um, they had made so many rules, the Jews, about how to keep the Sabbath. Well, they were trying to protect this day, and in order to protect it, they put a, a hedge of rules around it. And uh, in order to keep the day, you could not violate one of these many rules that they had regarding the Sabbath. There were certain things that were regarded as work, and even the slightest hint of that was a violation then of the Sabbath. Yes, and I have the documents of what was considered work, and there were so many works, and some of them like actually look ridiculous. Oh, like sure. if you could make one knot, you were not working, but if you did it twice, the then, knot, that then working. that was work. If a tailor walked to the synagogue accidentally carrying one of the needles in his garment that he had put there the other day, you know, thoughtlessly, that was carried a burden and that was work. Yes, and so here, um, when the disciples are picking grain, this was considered one of the 39 uh, types of work that you could not do because actually they were harvesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> even though they were not doing it uh, commercially, even no. though they were not doing it as a job, they were just hungry. And by the way, this would have been legal on any other day. The law permitted for you, if you were walking through someone's grain field, to simply take a, a handful of, of the grain and, and eat it. That was okay. That There was nothing against the law on this on any other day. But on the Sabbath day, now they had this rule saying that that is harvesting, so you're breaking the law. And one of the interesting things when Jesus answers the Pharisees, uh, see, they go directly to Jesus because Jesus is supposed to be responsible for his disciples. Right. And here they seem to be misbehaving, doing something that is not <laughs> lawful. And many times when Jesus talked to the Pharisees or the scribes, instead of talking to them like he does with the people where he says, have you not heard? Mm -hmm. He says, have you not read? You know, mm -hmm. go, go back to your Bibles and, and try to understand what has been going on. And he says something like that to them on verse 25. And he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and became hungry, he and his companions, how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the consecrated bread, which is not lawful for anyone to eat except the priest. And he gave it also to those who were with him. Now, this situation that Jesus is talking about is recorded uh, in 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 21 talks about a time when David was in trouble and he came and he was hungry and he asked the priest, actually it was not um, uh, Abiathar like it says here, right. Mark had a moment here of, of memory, it mm -hmm. was Abiathar's father, Ahimelech. And uh, here, verse 21, um, uh, starting with verse 1, we yeah. can read in Ch 1 Samuel. Chapter 21, starting with verse 1, Then David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the, the priest. And Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him, 
Why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Ahimelech, the the priest, the king has commissioned me with a matter and has said to me, let no one know anything about the matter on which I am sending you and with which I have commissioned you and I have directed the young men to a certain place. Now, therefore, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, there's no ordinary bread on hand, but there is consecrated bread. If only the young men have kept themselves from women. And David answered the priest and said to him, Surely women have been kept from us as previously when I set out, and the vessels of the young men were holy, though it was an ordinary journey. How much more than today will their vessels be holy? And the priest gave him consecrated bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence, which was removed from before the Lord, in order to put hot bread in its place when it was taken away. Now this bread was something that was only for the priest. Now, a lot of people say, see, what Jesus said here was, David broke the law, so I can break it too. Mm -hmm. That would be a very uh, (laughs) naive way of thinking. Yes, it would be. And it doesn't mean that the law is done away with, but it does mean that the law can be reinterpreted. Here it is interpreted in the light of David's mission and his needs at that particular time. And if, if it can be reinterpreted in the light of David, certainly Jesus can reinterpret the law because he's the lawgiver. Yes, and he's trying to say, you need to understand what the Sabbath was about. I am uh, the Lord of the Sabbath. This is the way that this story is going to finish. And you guys are missing the whole point because you are going for the lifeless legalistic regulation. You're asking me why I'm wearing a hat on the Sabbath. Right. Right. <laughs> or, or why I'm whistling another tune. And mm-hmm. you're missing the fact that this whole day is a celebration of me. And he puts something here that is one of, see, uh, let me make a parenthesis here. Jesus has said only three things about the Sabbath. I mm-hmm. mean, as a pastor, so many people have come to say, what is lawful to do on the Sabbath? Right. Give me a right. list, please. Right. Well, Jesus gave no such list. No, he did not. He avoided that at all costs. Yes, and he only said three things about the Sabbath. He said, this verse 27, the Sabbath was made for men and not men for Sabbath. He said, it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Those are the only three things we have recorded in the New Testament that Jesus said about the Sabbath. And so, in fact, that's how he ends this story. He was saying to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Consequently, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And so, he's really setting himself up as the object of Sabbath worship. He is setting himself up as the interpreter and the giver of the law and the one who can explain the law to us. If if you have a child that has left the church because you were one of those people like I was, um, such a Pharisee, yelling at people for whistling the wrong thing on a holy day, something that I thought it was so out of place. I mean, I would crush the spirit in the name of, of the letter of the law. I mean, I, I'm so guilty of that and God has forgiven me, but I had to, you know, I had to come to terms with that. And if you have a child that is no longer in church because you were that type of Christian, mm-hmm. call him, apologize, bring them to the Lord again, because this is not what religion is about. Sometimes we've made uh, the, the length of hair, the manner of dress, all sorts of other things that are absolutely, you know, not salvitic in nature, so key that we've made people uh, experience great guilt and shame and a sense of rejection over those trivial little issues. And that separates us and it gives us death rather than life, which is the law is intended to give. And it's very interesting that the conclusion of, of this dialogue with the 
Pharisees is the conclusion to every one of these dialogues. Jesus says, look, it's about me. Mm-hmm. It's about me. So don't make obstacles for people to come to me. It's about me. Jesus tears down obstacles and he reinterprets our understandings of the law and of the scriptures for this one purpose. It's about me and I give you life. Trust me, I give you life. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.